Welcome to the Forge Truth Podcast, where we are building great men as God defines greatness. Forge is a movement of men with a mission to help all men realize they're the deeply beloved, redeemed sons of the Most High God. I'm your producer, Zach, and I'm here to discuss the issues that affect men the most with our two hosts, Dr. Pete Allenson, lifelong pastor and leader of Forge, and Jason Quinones, Bishop of Core Faith Church in Oviedo, Florida. Men, welcome to the show. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Doing great, doing great. Always glad to be back with you guys. That's right, that's right. I know, it's fun to talk with you guys, and I often find as soon as we turn the mics off, I, I wish that we just left them running because I love our conversations we have after the mics off. Yeah, I know. So that's why we're doing this, right? Yeah, we want to keep the conversation going from last week um, because we started to talk a little bit about the ethics of sales. We had John Allenson, um, who's actually still in the studio. We'll we'll bring you in in a second. But we started talking about the ethics of sales, and it was is actually really interesting. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about that today. But uh, John, uh, author of Relentless Sales, welcome back to the show. Hey man, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Yeah, good to have you, man. This is good. And by the way, if they buy this book. And it's reasonably priced, and a, a portion of this book is going to go back to uh, Forge, uh, which is a nonprofit organization where we're about building great men as God defines greatness. So, uh, thank you for that yeah. ability too, John. That's great. But uh, so it's today's the day. Buy the book today, and uh, and it will help raise our profile, Forge Press profile on Amazon. Yeah. So. Yeah, and we kind of have we have big dreams for Forge Press. I mean, this is the first, but hopefully, of many things that we can offer to men, like a wide variety of things that we yeah, can offer to men. Yeah, I think so. I think we'll be able to get things out productively, quickly, um, in a quality way at, at a at a recent uh, good price point. And um, but this this is a great a great start. And sales is a big part of a work life and uh, of of many many people. What kind of different sales are there? Uh, and we're just we're just gonna flow on this on this podcast. We're gonna have fun on this. Talk about sales. But there's a lot of different kind of sales. We're, we're all in sales, right? We were talking about that when we um, got off last time. I mean, everything we do is influence, right? And so whether you're a recruiter or whatever, I mean, whether you're talking to your spouse, right, and trying to figure out where you're going for dinner. Like that's, that's sales, right? And so Hmm. everything we do in life is sales. So if you want to have a successful marriage, go to a, go to a sales conference. Exactly. Buy Uh, this book. Buy the book. Yeah. We just, we just want to say that no matter, no matter what we want you to buy this book, whether you are (laughs) formally in sales and doing that, or if you're a construction worker, no matter what, we want you to buy this book because this book will help you sell whatever you're selling. That's right. So there it is. One thing I like about the book is how much it's clear you've read everything else in the industry. Like you you have read so many books on this. One book that I've read as well, Mm -hmm. where we match each other is Dale Carnegie's book. Yeah. Mm. And he's just like, he's the the goat, you know, how to win friends and influence people has such an impact on me when I read it. You know, I, I required that to, for a seminary class and my seminarians all rebelled. They didn't want to read it. Crazy. I, I thought that they thought I was just an old dude. I am, but you know, I, I, I think it's still one of the best books and Zach, you're quite a reader too. Bishop, you're a reader. What's the name of that book? How to win friends and influence people. Yeah. And yeah, it's a classic. And you ought to get it on the, Audible at least when you're lifting weights or something. Yeah. The, the whole idea is it treat people well and everything will flow from that. Yeah. It's it just you treat people well. 
it's one of my favorite books outside of the Bible. I say it's the second best book that, that people should read. Honestly, it's, it's such a good book. It's the best book on human interaction, mm-hmm. right? And you should see my how to win friends book. I mean, I have all the dates next to it that I read the chapters, but I'll still go and skim the chapters. And like one day is a smile, right? One day is treat, you know, like you said, treat others the, the way they want to be treated. Right. And there's, there's, there's various topics throughout the book and lessons that are taught that, it's a game changing book. So yeah, as well. what I like about it and kind of what we were talking about off mic is that, so salesmen, you know, that you can have a really good hearted salesman, right? But kind of the popular mentality of what a salesman is, it's kind of like the scummy uh, used car salesman, right? Yeah. So I wanted to talk a little bit on this episode about, you know, what are the ethics of, of sales mm-hmm. and like, um, mm-hmm. where do people go wrong and, and give the industry a bad name, and then how how can you do it differently? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the essence of, of quality sales is find out what they want and oversell, overpromise, right? Just tell them that if you follow buy your product, uh, they'll get way more than they actually yeah, will. Just, mm-hmm. uh, just tell them whatever they need to hear <laughs> yeah. to ensure that you get the biggest sale, you know, as, right. as you can, because obviously your commission is the only thing that matters, right? Yeah. And, you know, I, we say that jokingly, but w- one thing that was in your book that I, a, a quote, and you can probably quoted better than I will, but it was sales isn't just about what you're, the product you're selling and what you're getting, but it's actually dealing with the person who you're selling to and mm. helping them. Yeah. So can you kind of unpack that? Yeah. We're, we're problem solvers at our heart. Right. And so listening to what the customer's problems are and uncovering those, right. And truly trying to help others. Right. I think your customers, we were talking about this, they, they know right away when you walk in, they size you up quickly. You guys make eye contact and they know if you're in it for the right reasons or not pretty quickly. And so you're a problem solver. Your job's to help, right? Be warm, pleasant, all the above. But ultimately we have jobs because we help others solve problems in their world, right? And I think that's that's number one. And that's this is where the, the Christian foundation of all this, if, if we really take love, if we really will allow ourselves back to identity, if we will allow God to love us in Christ and then allow that to give us such a, a position of peace and joy that we can actually love others, yeah. then our work is an extension of the love ethic there. Love does not take into account wrong. It, it, it's patient, it's kind, it listens, you know. On top of that, though, or going off that, I mean, there's so many instances where I walked into accounts where I went in with one purpose and and the the nurse or the doctor that I was working with just told me they, they're going through a divorce. Oh. Instantly, everything you're in there for goes out the window and you switch into a different mode. You switch into the helper mode, right? And you switch into the friend mode. Because if you even think about going down the road you're at, when they just tell you they're, they're about ready to go through a divorce, there's so many opportunities for salespeople, if they're bold, to talk about Jesus. That's right. That's right. And and do we think that way and, uh, as Christian men uh, with every aspect of our work? That's, that's important. Well, really, we're called to make the most of every opportunity, yeah. right? And one one unique thing about sales is you are constantly creating opportunities for connection, right? Like that's the whole business is creating opportunities for connection, solving problems for your customers. So you get to, when you're in the sales world, you get to meet new people all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, and forming Mm -hmm. these like kind of micro relationships that hopefully can turn into major relationships. And that's, that's the whole game. And so that's pretty cool. 
Yeah. I love it. I, I, sometimes like I have to pinch myself cause I'm like, I get paid to talk to people and this is awesome, mm-hmm. right? Like I get to paid to help them solve problems and, and make friends. So as a person who's naturally a people person, I mean, for us, it, it's, it's an incredible job, right? As long as you're doing the right things day in and day out. But so tell me, uh, uh how people do it wrong. What is the wrong way to go about sales? Yeah, we, we talked about this a little bit beforehand. I mean, I think one of the one of the wrong ways is being uh, not being transparent with your pricing, right? One of the great things I love about the company I work for now is Zach. If I'm if I'm selling you a product or service, that same offer is, is there for Jason, regardless of the size and in the volume of the deal. Um, if the commitment level is there. And so what's cool about the company I work for is we offer small centers, the exact same price as big centers, as long as they're willing to commit the same commitment levels, right? Even though one is much smaller on the revenue side. And so I think being disciplined, honest, and transparent with your pricing is, I think, step number one. Because I don't know if you guys are best friends at, at account, you know, Jason and account Zach, you guys might be best friends and I might not know it. And if I offer you one price and you a different price, that can quickly in today's society be found out real quick. So yeah, I, think, I don't spend any money without checking in with Jason first. <laughs> I, I clear yeah. every receipt with him. Yeah. I, re- I really like that as a, as a principle. I think that's a biblical principle, really, that you, even your company may not know as a biblical principle, <laughs> but it, 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 it has justice uh, mm-hmm. attached to it. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, in today's society, you have to, um, whether, um, it's a biblically based company or, or not, you have to have the, the right kind of morals and ethics, no matter what industry you're in, or you'll be found out real quick. Yeah. Cause even Jesus talked about like, if, if you have a party and you give the rich man the nicest seat, like, what does that say about you? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't just treat like the bigger fish better because they're, you know, the bigger so fish. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And you know, but, but a comment you said a little bit back on this whole idea of, if you're an extrovert and like people, um, not all salespeople are extroverts, but if you love people and you are an extrovert, sales might be uh, an area for you. And in your sense, notice that your temperament uh, and your training flow together into mm-hmm. this. And um, you're not doing, you're not going to get your nature in, in your work. Right. In, in a sense. Right. And I think that a lot of guys get tapped into work. Like I, I could never go into being a, a doctor because being inside an office all day long would drive me crazy. Even if I did have the ability and I just about flunked in uh, science in uh, eighth grade. So, so that was another tip off. But I mean, you know, as young men are thinking about what career to go into, temperament, training, and a lot of those things go into this. Uh, that's kind of a footnote that stands out to me. Uh, not everybody is cut out for sales per se, especially 100%, 100% commission sales. That's tough, isn't it? Yeah. We, we talked about this too. I mean, you don't have to be an extrovert to be good in sales. I yeah. know plenty of introverts that are incredible and it's just finding what works for you. And I think, you know, the principles and the, the philosophies I share in the book, I think can help both people who are people persons, right. And, and those who are more intellectual, who might not have that outward strength, um, who are more introverted, yeah, more um, task oriented. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. well, you said last time that listening was such an important part of sales and, uh, an introverts really good at listening. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and probably asking diagnostic questions too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and, and we, we talked about also, you know, in, in sales, like you can't, 
you can't sell a product you don't believe in. Right. Mm. So I had this great experience. You know, my wife, she is a, an amazing, successful recruiter. And just because I'm a preacher and very passionate about my preaching and I seem to believe and, you know, everybody just assumed you're going to be great at this particular job. And I did her job for like six weeks and it was the most terrible, excruciating experience I ever had. But I didn't believe in, in what I was doing. Like I didn't know if the jobs that I was offering people was, you know, was actually going to help them. And so I think part of being ethical and, and really what I hear you saying is really being a Christian, right? Before a salesperson is being part of something that you actually believe, like whatever you're selling, it's gotta be something that you believe, you know, that it actually is helpful. Mm -hmm. It actually is going to produce something good for people's lives. Because if you don't, then, you know, you're just lying. Right. And Absolutely. we can't, you know, we can't, we can't lie our way through and be like, well, Hey, this is my job. Right. So, um, just thinking about that. So you want to talk about that a little bit, just kind of going from where, Hey, I'm just going to sell whatever I got to sell to make money to actually believing in what you're doing. Yeah. I, I think, you know, when you're early in your career, there's a time and a place where you're taking jobs that don't connect with your why and your purpose. Right. But I talk about in the book, if, if you're getting into like a true career, you need to make sure you're with a company that fits, um, you know, and it fits your purpose. Right. And, and you're selling a product that you're passionate about and care about because your customers see it, they feel it, they sense it when you walk in, if you're bored, they're, they're going to see it as well. And so mm -hmm. finding a job, I said, you know, in, in, in the early chapters of the book, get out if, if it doesn't fit your, your purpose. And so I truly mean that find a company that aligns with your purpose and, um, in a product and service you can get behind. So I think that's so important and um, really makes your job fulfilling. Pete and Jason, both of you are pastors. And um, in a way, that is, that is a sales role. What you're doing is trying to convince people, you're trying to persuade people that uh, a life in pursuit of God is a, a worthwhile life. So can you talk about that a little bit? Like, how do you see this kind of like aspect of your, of your profession, persuasiveness, like what... What is your role in that? Mm. You know, I, I I like what John said, right? He said that we're 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 always selling, right? Like all of us, you know, whether whether we're trying to convince our wife that we really need to get that thing, you know, that we want or whatever, or where we want to go for vacation, or you know, we're trying to convince our kids of, hey, this is the best way to do it. Um, I think that that that's a reality. The one the, the one thing, so so I like that from the perspective of even being a preacher, because we're trying to influence people for righteousness sake, for the glory of God. But I think that it's important that we always remember we're, we're, we're not, we're, we're not the ones that change hearts as, as preachers, you know, we're, and we're not, we're, we're not trying to sell something in that sense, right? It's like, yo, know, our lives have been changed by our savior and our Lord and we we've 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 experienced the truth of his word being worked out in our lives so when we're sharing the truth of hey you know husbands love your wives as Christ loves the church we have seen the fruit of that mm -hmm. in our own lives we're living this we're not we're not telling you this because it's going to be easy we're not telling you this because you know it's it's always going to be popular we're telling you this because this is the best god's best is always best for you so as a pastor i always try to come from that perspective um 
principle wise, you know, just like, Hey man, the, the principles that are in the scriptures are always going to be the best for our lives. When God says yes, he's saying, this is the best for you. When God says no, he's saying that's not the best for you. So don't go where he says no, go where he says yes. So. And, and that, that provides is the, the character base, the moral base for selling and being, uh, being persuasive. I mean, the apostle Paul said, we persuade men but how we do it is 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 crucial. And so we don't you can't oversell God. Right. <laughs> you can't oversell Christ. You can't oversell grace. Um too many preachers I think undersell it. There you know the worst thing you could do is get into the pulpit and read the scripture in a boring way or preach in a boring way cuz the gospel grace is not boring. It is life-giving and exciting. Um but I, and Johnny also said something that was interesting to me. I hadn't quite thought of it this way, but, you know, as we talk about uh, our purpose as leaders, worker providers, warrior ambassadors, uh, leader, the essence of leadership is influence. But you said that, John. Um, you said sales is influence, and that's true. Uh, and when I think about this in preaching, I think about it differently than uh, leading my wife. Uh, because in leading my wife or my kids, I got to make sure it's, it's not my agenda that I'm always trying to work out because, <laughs> and, and my wife would read through that. She'd say, it's all about you, mm-hmm. you know? And so as I, sales is influence, but we got to be careful who, and again, this, it goes back to who you're going into the office to see. And uh, I don't know. There's a lot there. Uh, it's a good question, Zach. Good question. And I, but I, I, I wanted to dial back real quickly to your idea. A guy in sales walks in and he's about ready to sell to the to the nurse or to the doc, and they're going. Their life just fell apart. Yeah. Or they're going through a divorce. Is the average Christian man in sales equipped to know how to shift gears? Mm-hmm. I don't know. To to move into a what mode do you move into? Right. Yeah. I mean, I know as a preacher, cause I had to do it, yeah. but how would you, how, how would you counsel somebody like that? I mean, there's, there's countless stories of people on my team, uh, myself during my sales journey, where we walked into an account, um, with an agenda that we were trying to pursue. And it quickly went out the window when someone's son was just recently, I found out one of the nurses I work with, her son's diagnosed with cancer. And he's 21 years old. And so everything that we were going to talk to her about, completely out the window. So you just drop your agenda for that day. And you have to have the emotional intelligence to know that. Like, Mm. can you imagine finding that out and trying to, you know, and there are, that's where salespeople get bad raps. There are salespeople who are so focused on themselves that they go in there and start talking about their sales agenda and you need to have the awareness. And, and really, I think coming back to chapter two of the book, identity, when your identity is rooted in Christ, right? Um, and you have your daily appointment with God, it sets you up, whether you're a preacher or you're a salesperson, to have the emotional intelligence along with God's impulse, right, to, to make the right decisions and calls throughout your day. Well, no, I, and it, this kind of re- reminds me of our interview with Nancy Piercy when she was talking about the Industrial Revolution and how that affected men, right? Because men were taken from their homes 
and they moved into the industrial world and then they, you know, entered into situations like sales and things like that, where it was all about productivity. It was all about, you know, what, what the, the two, the two tiered value system, right. That men were taught, which was, Hey, when I'm in the work and when I'm in the workforce, you know, I'm a bulldog. I got to get these sales. I got to, you know, make these numbers you know, you talked about the, the different system, you know, or, or the, the evaluation where, you know, some people are number one to 400, you know, in, in the group. And it's like, well, I want to be top 10. And so I'm going to push for that. But, you know, it's, it's us as Christian men realizing, I love again, you know, chapter five, relationships are greater than everything. And, you know, to me, I think in a situation like that, the win is that that person knew that I was more than a salesman, but I was actually in that moment, I was a voice you know, of the Lord into her life. I was a source of comfort, encouragement. I was an ear to hear. And she knew right from that point that I was going to be praying for her son. And the next time I encountered her, Hey man, how was your son? Right. So even in that, you know, just, I I think for us as men, we can see that from such a bigger place, right? Like man, relationships really matter. Um, and And if you say you're going to pray for somebody, write it down and pray for them. And you know, don't just use that as a selling tool. We can be incredibly pragmatic, Back to Zach's point, uh, as pastors too, you know, hey, praying for you, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are we really praying for them? And um, and 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 we can always be. Uh, do I? J- am I just trying to get somebody else to come to my church, come to my ministry, give more, whatever? Mm-hmm. We can be incredibly manipulative in the church. Mm-hmm. And I think salespeople can be bold in their faith. One of my best reps, Taylor, I was just with him in Alabama, and he actually is like. His his nurse that he was working with was going through a real hard situation. He's like, "Can I pray for you right now?" Mm. Mm. And and cool. and he just prayed for her right on the spot. And I was with him two weeks after he he prayed with this lady, and you saw the level of respect, the level of care that she had for Taylor. Um, you know, and and, and it is it is that. that right. So I think as salespeople, we have opportunities. And we have to know that our purpose is more than just a number. Our purpose is impact too. You're a kingdom ambassador. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I think about the dividend that that pays because that lady, you know, that nurse is going to be extremely faithful to Taylor. And when it comes to you know, anybody could come and knock on their door and say, hey, we want to sell you this product and even maybe undersell Taylor. And she's going to remember, man, this guy, he prayed for me. And right. so he really actually cared right. about me. And, you know, that that's going to pay dividends later on. And, and the relentless component comes in where you have the emotional intelligence to pivot and care for your customer at a human level, right? And be ambassadors for Christ. But then the relentless component is like, after you do that, you write it down, like you said, you pray for her throughout the week, and then you go about your business somewhere else and you go pursue excellence, right? After you change and pivot that situation. So that, you know, you can still be relentless and be very caring and loving, right? You, you could do both. Not either or, it's both and. And the sense that if if you've got to throw your sales plan out the window for that day, yeah. you you have to, in as a disciple, you have to say, all right, God is sovereign. And I'm going to trust him. I, and I, I've had a numerous meetings over the years with people where I, my agenda got thrown out mm-hmm. and, and I had to go with the other one. And and then you can always circle back. Uh, and, and even a nurse in that situation might say, okay, well, thank you for praying for me. And um, I know we probably got, let, let's talk a couple of minutes now. We only have a few more minutes. But let's, and then you can get your pitch out, what you have yeah. to say that day. Not always, but probably you'll, she will have a business component 
that she has to be faithful to as well. That sure. Day. So yeah. Well, I think I think that that brings us to where Jesus says to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all things will be added, right? So it's like, how do we live this out? Well, what I would say is, you know what, in that moment, you know, you, you, you exemplified, I'm seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. And now I believe in, I mean, this is my thought. I'm not, a, I'm not a salesman like you, but I'm thinking God is going to open up another door somewhere else and bless and bless the work of my hands because mm-hmm. I, I really, in a tangible way, stop my agenda to follow his agenda in a more clear way. And then he's going to, he's going to bless my life in other ways. And do we trust those scriptures, right? right? As being real again, it's not two value systems. I am a Christian man who is living my identity, who's walking as an ambassador and I'm going to seek first his kingdom, his righteousness in all things, all of his provision, all of his blessing, all of his success is going to be there. Amen. Yeah. You got to be faithful to the call and then God will work out the details in a lot of ways. Yeah. And always be human first. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. We're Christians first. You see, that's why identity comes first in everything, right? So we're Christians first and then we're workers second. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's there's a huge competitive advantage by inviting Christ in your day, right? If we believe God is real, which we all do here, right? Like, why would we not say, God, like, live through me today, mm-hmm. like, through my interactions, through my conversations? There's power in that, right? Can you imagine? I mean, it's the God of the universe is on your side that day. So, you know, there there's great, there's great, great power that comes through that. Yeah, you can't leave God at home. I mean, he's going to be there, right? It's just yeah. if you're letting him guide your day right. or not. And I think a lot of guys do, you know, we badger people about the daily appointment with God. But I think a lot of men don't get it because they, they've they been so well discipled by our culture, which is if it's going to be, it's up to me, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that's the humanistic way. Right. Um, and, and again, Relentless Sales is the name of the book. The skills, mentality, faith needed to be great in sales, which really has the the gospel underlie of all of these principles. And that's we we get to be men in the workplace, uh, in the in the real world. What a, what an exciting opportunity! We don't just witness to our neighbors; we get to witness through how we do our work, as well as what we say. Yeah, I'm really hoping it's an encouragement to guys at all levels of sales and business. It's a tool that they can use to hand to other guys, encourage them in their journey, and uh, really praying and hoping for big things. Yeah, absolutely. It's really cool. Today, actually, the book goes live. It's it's published today on Amazon.com. So this is the the first time that anyone actually could get their hands on this book. That's right. And if you want to help beat the algorithm, right? If yes. you want to, if you want to show Amazon what's what, right? <laughs> um, it's it's so much based on like what are those sales at day one? What are those right. day one sales uh, for the the robot to figure out? You know who they're going to show this book to. So if you want to help beat uh, Amazon and the algorithm, uh, you could buy the book today. That'd be awesome. We'd love your support, guys. We'd love uh, you know your your backing here with the book, and and it's going to be a tool that helps a lot of people. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for coming on the show again today. Yeah. It was awesome to have you. And I want to thank everyone at home for listening to this episode of the Forge Truth Podcast. If you want to join the conversation, have any questions or comments, you can email us at forge at forgetruth.com. And if you want to learn more about the Forge movement, you can check out our website at forgetruth.com. And we'll have a link on the website to where you can purchase the book because this is the first Forge Press uh, installment. So, Numero uno. Yeah, it's pretty exciting for us. Jason, will you leave a challenge for our men today? 
So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And so I think for us as men in the world in which we live, we're called to redeem the time no matter what our job is, no matter what our sphere of influence is. And so I encourage you guys, redeem the time, be men of integrity, and um, live the gospel out. Look for those opportunities for the Lord to use you.